we are in our third week of our Megaphone series. Now, the reason why we chose Megaphone is that with our little voices, our little voices can be projected, can be amplified as long as we use it in accordance with God's word and telling others about Jesus and the, and the gospel message. And if we're just obedient, if we're just obedient, God will take that message and amplify, just like a megaphone. And in our first week, we, uh, we talked about the uh, sin of silence and how as, as believers, we are called to go and tell others about the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And if we don't, then we are living in, in disobedience, and that is sin. So if we're silent. But we even took it a step further in saying that if, you, if you're just sort of relying upon your good actions or telling people that you go to church, and if that is your way to, to, to share Jesus, then, then you're really not doing what God's called you to do. He wants you to proclaim it with your mouth, not just your life. And so it's so easy to say, well, people know I'm a believer. People, people know that I go to church, and so that should be enough. Well, really, it's not. They want to know the reason of, for the hope that you have. And so the sin of silence is what we talked about. Last week, uh, we talked about the outcome of obedience. And we used the story of, of Jonah and how Jonah uh, had an outcome of disobedience. He had sort of an uh, unplanned submarine ride in a whale. And then he, we saw the outcome of his obedience. And the outcome of his obedience was that uh, an entire uh, nation, an evil empire, uh, really uh, came to grips of the fact that there is a God who is about to destroy them, and they needed to do something about it. They needed to, to, to ask for forgiveness, and they needed to get focused in on, on who this God is, the God of creation. And so uh, we talked about how even when we, um, we don't want to, God still is, is telling us, I need you to share this message. Even it could be to... Your, your teammates, your classmates, your co-workers, that noisy neighbor, yes. Because if God wants an evil empire to be saved, like we saw in Jonah, then you can be sure that those people around us that sort of get, get you know, the, under our skin and they drive us crazy and, and we go out of our way not to be around them, God wants everyone saved, and he's calling you. In fact, he's placed people around you. He's placed people around me for us to share that message of salvation. And so we want to be obedient to that, and that's all he wants. He just wants us to be obedient. And so one of the reasons why we may not be obedient is because maybe we've lost the heart of God. You know, as we saw in Jonah, God had a heart for those people. And Jonah had a heart issue. That's really what it boiled down to. And so have we lost the heart of God? Have we lost his compassion? Have we forgotten what people live like? Have we forgotten that people who live without hope, what do they feel? What do they think? When they go to bed at night, what, what fears do they have? What purpose? They don't know that. And so... Have we forgotten? Well, let me ask you this something. Have you forgotten something in your life? Have you forgotten even simple things? I mean, sure, we've all forgotten things. I mean, I could, I could stand up here and probably fill this whole time with things I've forgotten. I remember um, 
when one of our kids were, were you know, a baby, and I put, put them in the... Uh, uh, put them in the car seat, and it's kind of one of those things where you where you put the car seat down in the base. Well, I just put the I would just put this kid I can't remember which one it just in the base, and it didn't really click all the way, and I just forgot to do that. And so the next sharp curve, I saw the baby just rolling around in the back seat. <laughs> you know, but at least I didn't leave it on top of the car. You know. Uh, we, we've, all, we've all got stories. Uh, I mean, with a house full of six kids, there's all kinds of things. Kids forget. They forget to, to raise a seat. They forget to wipe their feet. They forget to brush their teeth. They forget lots of things. One, one day I brought Logan uh, to school, and uh, he didn't have any shoes on, on his feet. I dropped him off at the flagpole, and he goes, Dad, I don't have any shoes. I forgot. I, how could you forget to put shoes on your feet? We forget the silliest of things. Just the other night, uh, Suzanne and I uh, rented a movie. And, of course, I, you know, we, we do the, the Redbox thing. I mean, you know, Redbox, uh, Redbox is such an awesome invention. So I'm looking at my phone, and, hey, this looks like a great movie. And, and so I tell Suzanne about the plot. And she goes, yeah, let's, let's rent it. So I saved it, went up to Redbox, got it, you know, with all the snow and stuff, we just cooped in. So we, hey, let's just watch a movie tonight. So about 15 minutes into the movie... And you may have done this. We realize, we've seen this before. Please tell me you've done that. Just, just make me feel good. Just shake your head. All right, good. But about 15 minutes into the movie, we realize we have, we've watched this before. It's like, oh, well, of course we decided to watch it again, you know. And, but what's really weird is that we forgot what happened. Me at the end. And what's the, the irony to all of this is not only did we forget how the movie ended and did we forget that we, that we watched this before, but this movie was about a girl who suffered from amnesia. <laughs> so, so today, I want to talk to you about amnesia. I want to talk to you today about spiritual amnesia in our lives because we, many of us, do suffer from amnesia. And in fact, the, uh, the reason why people have stopped using their megaphone, have stopped allowing the Holy Spirit to speak in their life, have stopped memorizing some scripture that will help show people the way to Jesus. The reason why is people suffer from amnesia, spiritual amnesia. And I'm talking specifically today to believers who've accepted Christ as Savior, who their job is to to share Jesus, and you've forgotten. You've forgotten what it's like to live without hope. You've forgotten what people go through, the fears. And so today, we're going to talk about what that looks like. And now I'm going to dive into it a little bit bit later, but first I'm going to tell you about a man in the Bible who suffered from Spiritual amnesia. He's, a, he's probably one of the big characters in the Bible. In fact, he wrote the first five books of the Bible, and his name is Moses. Well, Moses was, was born in the Hebrew nation. And so at that time, the Israelites, the Hebrews, were in the country of Egypt. And so they were enslaved to the Egyptians. And Moses was born at a time when Pharaoh the king said, all right, I need all boys, thrown, all baby boys born to the Hebrew nation. 
they need to be thrown into the Nile, the Nile River. And so the mother of Moses obviously did not want that to happen. So when Moses was about three months old, she decided to place Moses in a, in a basket. Many of you know this story. And decided to put him along the, the, the bank of the Nile and the tall reeds, kind of close over there to where uh, Pharaoh's daughter was over there by the river. And, and Pharaoh's daughter noticed this basket, opened it up and realized, wow, this is a child. Yes, it's a Hebrew child. And for some reason, she had compassion on this baby. So she got a Hebrew girl to go find someone to, to wean this child, to raise this, this child up to the point to where he's a toddler and can come back and live with her. And so none other than Moses' own mother was the one that was able to wean him and to, uh, to, to raise him, maybe teach him some of those stories of the Hebrews. And then finally, she brought Moses over to, uh, to live in the house of Pharaoh's daughter. And so Moses, even though he was a Hebrew, he grew up in the palace. He grew up as, as, as a prince of Egypt. And one day, as Moses was an adult, sure, many times he would go out and watch the Hebrews work, knowing that this is, this is his, his nation. And he saw an Egyptian worker beating um, a, a Hebrew slave. Moses looked to his left and to his right. He didn't see anybody. So he took the Egyptian's life, killed him, and buried him in the sand. Well, he didn't think anybody saw him, but word got around. Egyptians knew about it. The Hebrews knew about it. Pharaoh got word about it. And that's when Moses decided, all right, I'm no longer one of you. I've got to leave. So he decided to run all the way to Midian. Now, Midian was about 285 miles away. And it's about as far as from Cartersville to Savannah. Okay, so there's a picture. There's a visual for you. So he ran that far. And so he, um, he settled in the, in the area of, of Midian. And he uh, got a wife and raised, started raising a family. And he settled down to a new career as a shepherd. And so he was living in Midian in a very comfortable life. Moses escaped the, the, uh, the country of Egypt, but the Israelites did not escape. So over the next 40 years, while, while Moses is, is sort of rebuilding his life and going a new direction in Midian, the Israelites were being, um, were being treated terribly. And I'm going to be in uh, Exodus chapter 2. If you have every copy of God's Word, we're going to start there. We're just going to be in the book of Exodus. If you don't have that, you can go to the YouVersion Bible app, look at, uh, find under live events, find Lake Point Church, and you can put prayer requests there and also follow along in Scripture. We obviously will have the uh, Scripture on the screen as well. But in Exodus, um, uh, which is the second book in the Bible, in Exodus chapter 2, verse 23, uh, we're going to start right there. We're just going to do, read this one verse. And it says this, during that long period, while Moses was in, in Midian, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. Now, you may say, all these years of, of slavery, was, did God have amnesia? It makes you wonder, 
All of these years where the Israelites, I mean, gone, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Remember, he, he was brought over to, to Egypt. And he was the one who was second in command of Pharaoh. Brought his whole family over. Those people are dead and gone. Those people are long gone. And the nation of Israel has grown. And so, did God have amnesia? Did God, did God forget about the nation of Israel? Well, as we can see in verse 24, it says, God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. So God, God then created a plan. And that, created, that plan involved a messenger. And just, just, like, um, just like today, there are people who are trapped in bondage, like the Israelites. They're trapped in bondage, no hope. There are people in this world who are walking aimlessly in this world with no hope. And they're trapped in bondage of sin. They don't know how to get out. And God is looking for what? A messenger. He's looking for you as believers. And he's looking for me to share the good news of salvation. So God appoints Moses. And so God comes to Moses. And remember Moses as he was living in Midian? He, he was living a very comfortable life. A life that, you know what? I, I hardly ever remember What's happening in Egypt? I've got my own life here. I can, I can raise a family. I can start, a, I can start a, a, a new large family, maybe even a nation here. But Moses, for it seems as though he forgot what was happening in Egypt. It seemed like Moses was suffering from amnesia over the next, over this past 40 years. And so God, what he did is he awoken. He, Moses, to his amnesia. He woke him up, and this is how he did it. Through the burning bush. We all know this story, where there's a burning bush, and God speaks through the fire. The bush doesn't burn, and, and, and he tells Moses, hey, take your, your sandals off, or this is holy ground. And he tells Moses, and he calls to him. And, and what he says is in, in uh, chapter 3 of Exodus, chapter 3, verse 9 um, and 10. And he says this, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. This is talking to Moses. And I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And so God uses a burning bush to waken Moses up from his forgetfulness. Hey, buddy. Remember Egypt? Remember those people? Yeah, I know you're comfortable in your life right now, but there are people who are trapped. God is telling us today, hey, I know you're comfortable in your Christian life. I know you've got your ticket into heaven. But let me tell you something. There are people who are dying and going to hell and who are trapped in their sin, and you are my messenger. It's time to wake up. You have spiritual Amnesia, it's time to wake up. So what does spiritual amnesia look like? 
What, what does that entail? If, we're, if, we, if we sort of compare it to, to people who have amnesia, um, there, there is sort of different types and, or different effects. Different things are affected by amnesia. Like, for instance, when a person has amnesia, they forget their identity. So we have amnesia of identity. They forget who they are. I mean, they might remember past pieces of their life, but they don't have enough pieces to realize that this is who I am. And Moses suffered from the uh, amnesia of identity. He forgot that he was a Hebrew. In fact, he even forgot that he was a prince of Egypt. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 11, in that next verse, it says, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Are you kidding me, Moses? What do you mean, who are you? You grew up in the palace. You are a prince of Egypt. And you are a Hebrew. That is your family. You, you have every right to go and give them this message that I'm giving to them. And so sometimes you and I, we may think, well, who are we? Who am I to, to talk to those people? There may be people in your life that you, you, may ask, you may ask God that question. Who am I that I should go talk with them? You've forgotten your identity. Let me tell you something, church. If you have accepted Christ as Savior, and if you are a born-again believer, then you are a child of the one true king. You are, you are a product of the cross of Jesus Christ. And because of that, you have the Holy Spirit in your life. So you need to understand and remember that you are identified with the suffering of Jesus. You cannot lose your identity. Your identity is in the cross of Jesus Christ. You have that answer. You may say, well, what is my confirmation? You know, we live in days where, where we always like to hear, let me get a word from God. Let me, before I do something, before I go off the deep end, before I start a, start a prayer group at work, before I start a, start a Bible study with some of my classmates or my teammates, before I start a small group in my neighborhood, I need to hear some confirmation from God. I, I, where's my burning bush? Where's my confirmation? You know, the confirmation didn't really come in the burning bush for Moses. It came in something else. And that next verse, we're in chapter 3, verse 12. It says, and God says, I will be with you, and this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. So here, here's his confirmation. Here's the sign you're looking for, Moses. When you have brought the people out of Egypt... You will worship God on this mountain. There you go. There's your confirmation. You may think, well, that didn't make sense. You mean the confirmation comes after the obedience? Can I tell you something, church? That's how God works. He does. He confirms his call after the obedience. Don't, if you're sitting around waiting to use your megaphone, waiting for confirmation from God to obey 
And he's already, Jesus has already told us, go and make disciples, go share the good news. That is what I want you to do. Okay, you got that? Good, I'm going to heaven, boom. And so many times we, we wait for confirmation. You don't need confirmation. The confirmation comes after the obedience. And so that's what God was telling Moses. Okay, you want confirmation? When people get here on this mountain, that's your confirmation. Let me tell you your confirmation. When you see people that you are connecting with, people who, who need Christ, maybe they're de-churched or out of church and they need hope in their life and you're, and you're building relationships with them, you're praying for them, you're sharing Jesus with them and they're coming to church and they're getting saved, that is your confirmation. When they're dumped in water, that's confirmation. Absolutely. Give it a hand. Yes. Yes. Good. That's not my word. That's just gospel. So we need to understand, church, we cannot wait for God's confirmation. He's already given us that commandment. And so we are to just obey. The confirmation comes after the obedience. And sometimes we don't do that because, why? Because we have amnesia. We have amnesia, identity. You are a child of the king. You are a product of the cross of Jesus. A second area is amnesia of the past. Amnesia of the past. You know, Moses, Moses has heard the stories. Moses has heard the stories of the, of the Hebrew nation. He is a Hebrew. He knew his brother. He knew, he knew his family. And they told him all of the stories of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob and, and Joseph coming here and to Egypt and, and how God moved in that story and so, such rich heritage. He knew all of that. But he forgot about his past. He forgot about that. How can we tell? In verse 13, Moses said to God, suppose I go to Israelites, so he's making excuses here, and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Then God goes on and say, I am. Just tell him I am, the great I am. But, but the thing I want to point out is, uh, Moses says, the God of your fathers. The God of your fathers. He's telling them like he's not even connected to them. Like he doesn't have a past. He doesn't have a, a past heritage. He's saying, your fathers. When It's like God's like, nope, Moses, you, that, those are your fathers also. <laughs> You're part of that. You got to wake up and realize that is your past as well. Now, how does our past affect us sharing Jesus with others? There's many, many things we can use, many angles we can talk about with this, but here's the area I want to talk about. Let's say if you have accepted Christ as Savior and you recognize the change in your life. There are many people here, because I, I know many of your life stories and how you came to Jesus and you had a past. We all had a past. I, I was saved at the age of six. I don't remember too much 
you know, like really, really bad things I did at the age of six. But I, I did do things after I, w- after I became a, a, a believer and, and wrestled with those things and, and confessed and asked for forgiveness. And, and God walked me through those things. But we all have a past. And so here's, here's where I'm going with this. Don't forget about your past. And here's the reason why. Sometimes when we forget about the person we used to be, we just want that person to die, to go away, and don't want them part of our life, that old person. Then sometimes we get so Christianized and we hang around our Christians and our church people and talk the church language and all of the stories in the Bible, and we talk everything church, church, church. And that's good and all, but the problem is this. If we don't remember the person we were before Christ, it's going to be very difficult for us to reach and understand where people are today. You have spiritual amnesia. And let me tell you something. It's very easy to develop that spiritual amnesia of forgetting, forgetting about your past. And I'm not saying you want to go revisit your past and live that way. No. But it's so easy, especially if you've grown up in church most of your life, to have this sort of island, this Christian island. And it's so hard to relate with people who used to live like you used to live, who are now living like you used to live. And so I want to encourage you, don't have amnesia of your past. Understand, yeah, I used to be that old person. I'm saved. I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And now I'm a new person. And I used to do this. And as you remember that, you can relate with people who use or who are now living like the person you used to live. So don't let your past, don't let your past Fade away out of memory to where you can't use that to share Jesus because you can. Some of the best messengers of salvation are those who are actually became a Christian as an adult. You know, I was saved early. And so, as I said earlier, there's not a whole lot that I remember of my old self and, and, and becoming a believer, but those people who, who are adults have accepted Christ as Savior, I mean, it wasn't that long ago they were doing some of those things. Some of those people who have fresh um, markings on their, on their wrists because of the chains of sin, and those chains are now gone, it's a reminder of their past. And some of those people can relate really well with people who are currently walking in a life of darkness. And so don't have spiritual amnesia to forget about that. The last area I'm going to talk about is the amnesia of our abilities. Amnesia of our abilities. A lot of times when, when people have a medical amnesia, uh, they, they forget about some things that they can do. Like they forget about that they can draw or that they can write, play, uh, you know, play a musical instrument or write poetry, or, or kick a soccer ball, or whatever. They forget that they know how to do those certain abilities. And 
Isn't it the same way when we have spiritual amnesia? Many times we forget that there are some things we have around us that we know we can use. Like, for instance, God's word. We forget that we have this available. In fact, it's more available now than ever before. It's on our, it's on our mobile devices. And so we have it with us. And many times we, forgot, we forget to use God's word. We don't know enough in here to where we can share Jesus. And so we forget about these resources, about these tools, about the, the abilities that God's given us. We forget sometimes even, okay, how do you lead someone in a sinner's prayer? What words do you say? There's a place, and I love this. I love how this fits in what we're talking about today. In, in uh, Exodus chapter 4, verse 15, it says this. In Exodus 4, 15, it says, You shall speak to him, and this is, this is God talking. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. And I will help both of you speak and, you will, and will teach you what to do. Let me go to, I'm sorry, let me go to verse uh, 1. I'm jumping ahead. Chapter 4, verse 1. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? I want you to remember that statement. What is that in your hand? Moses said, his staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake. And he ran from it. I would too. <laughs> then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out his, and took hold of the snake, and it turned back in his staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of your, their fathers, and the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. So God is saying this. You have something in your hand that you use every day. It's a staff. You can even use this simple staff. Throw it on the ground. Turns into a snake. Pick it up by the tail. How can we apply that to our life? Isn't, isn't God's word or should be, around us every day. If you've got it on your, on your mobile device, I know you've got it. You've got it around you every day. Whether this in your car, in your backpack, in your desk at work, on the soccer fields, on the baseball fields. You've got God's Word at all times. You should. And so God is saying, what's that in your hand? First of all, if this is not in your hand, it needs to be in your hand in some sort of way. On paper, digital, whatever. What is that in your hand? That what's in your hand, this word of God, like a staff, it guides us. It keeps us from falling, doesn't it? And God's word makes people afraid, doesn't it? Sometimes people see God's word as a snake and they run from it. People who live their life in bondage, like the Israelites, they think God has forgotten about them. They think God has amnesia. And so they don't have anything to do with God, and then they're afraid of God, they're afraid of the church, they're afraid of His Word, and they run from it like as if it was a snake. What did God say to do? Grab, grab it. Take hold of it. 
Don't be afraid of God's word. Use God's word. Take a hold of it. Let it be like a staff to guide you and to keep you from falling. And it can also guide you to leading others to Jesus Christ, to relationship with Him. We have resources that are available around us all the time. So what is that in your hands? Make sure it's the Word of God. So, as we kind of close this out, did Moses, did Moses have some sort of medical amnesia? No, there's, there's no indication of that. But there is indication that he had, he had some spiritual amnesia. He had some spiritual amnesia. Many times we can get to that point where we have amnesia as well. But there are some, there are some things I'm going to share with you as we close out. I started reading this earlier in chapter 4, verse 10 through 14. It says this, Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since. And you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings or mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak, and you will teach, and will teach what you should say. But Moses said again, Pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, All right, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. Do you ask God or tell God? Please pardon your servant. Please send someone else. I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not, I'm not sure if I can explain this. I've got, I'm not really eloquent at speech. I'm not really good at this. That may be your excuse. But let me tell you what, Lake Point Church, that cannot be our excuse. And as passive Lake Point Church, that will not happen under my watch. So here's what we're going to do and what we have been talking about. We want to train you in small groups. We're going through a study called Share Jesus Without Fear. It's an opportunity for you to be trained how to share Jesus without being afraid. The next thing we're doing, and by the way, if you're not involved in a small group, you need to let us know. And if you can't get to one during the week, we actually have one here that's starting started today. You can jump in next week, 9.30. But also, when you enter today and maybe when you leave, you should have received a card. That's a 30-day challenge. Starting today, March 1st, I'm asking you all to go through this 30-day challenge. I will be walking with, it, with you. We will post it on Facebook every day just as a reminder. I might send you a text just as a reminder. Hey, we got to do this. And these are simple little acts that will remind you of what your, your purpose is, why you are here. It will knock you and awaken you out of your amnesia. That's all God wants you to do. 
So the 30-day challenge, obviously it ends on March 30th. And March 30th is the week right before Easter. Easter is on April 5th. So as a church, we're giving you tools. We're giving you the ability to, we're giving you training to, to share Jesus. We're also giving opportunities uh, and events for you to invite people, such as the, the egg hunt that we're doing for their community on April 4th. There's, uh, there's lots of opportunities that you can invite people. Obviously, every Sunday. But I want you to be challenged. I want you to be challenged. No more excuses. So, to the believer, here's my challenge as we, as we finalize this, this message. Don't develop the amnesia. Don't forget about those people who are lost and don't have a, a hope in their life. Because there are people, they may say they're okay, but they've got a huge hole in their heart and in their soul, and they're searching for answers. So dig deeper and relate as best you can with them. And remember, what is that in your hand? Use it. For those who are, who are sitting here today, maybe you have not accepted Christ as Savior. Maybe you're sitting here today, okay, Frank, I, I don't know what you're kind of talking about, but I kind of get it. We're supposed, Christians are supposed to tell people about Jesus, but I don't know if I really have that relationship in my life. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 16, it says, it says this, Go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. That's what God told Moses to go do. But here's what I want to focus on. I have watched you. I've watched over you and I've seen what has been done. That's the message in Exodus 3.16 that we want to share with you today. Who are, uh, who, those people who are unbelievers. God does not have amnesia. God has not forgotten about you. God knows everything you're going through. He has been watching over you. It may not seem that way, but he's been watching over you. And he wants the best for you. And God knows what you're going through. He's not blaming you. He's not running, he's not running after you with some sort of weapon. He's, he's standing, open arms, come to me. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock, but you've got to open the door. He's knocking on the door of your heart. So from, John, from Exodus 3.16 to John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And so... From Exodus 3.16 to John 3.16, God is watching you. God wants the best for you. And he has a plan that has been implemented to help release those chains in your life.